Chapter 19, Curtain Up. Alfie stood in the minstrel's gallery with Madeline and Robin, gazing down at the great hall in awe. The twins had finally started to relax around him again since he had stopped talking about Merck Snitch. But it was horrible to feel as though he couldn't trust his cousins while they were under the headmistress's influence. Alfie's insides were tying themselves in knots. It was the morning of the school play, the day Merklin Snitch would be exposed and stopped before they could carry out their crazy plan to open the trap door and bring dragons back into the world. Classes had been canceled so that everyone could rehearse at the castle. Ashford had just reopened the hall after declaring it off limits for two days. The transformation of the great hall was unbelievable. The long dining table had disappeared, and row upon row of ornate gold-colored chairs faced a grand stage, now reaching from wall to wall at the far end of the room. A thick velvet curtain of the darkest blue hung from the ceiling, screening the performance area. In the already grand great hall, the whole setup looked even more impressive than a real theater. The two large brass spotlights attached to the rail suddenly flared into life, creating a circle of light on the center of the stage from which, from behind which Alfie could hear a distant trumpet fanfare building in volume. The curtain suddenly swooshed aside to reveal Ashford in the center of the stage. The fanfare he was playing filled the hall. He ended it with a flourish and bowed to the assembled chairs. Just testing the acoustics, he called as the twins applauded loudly. I'm also on lights and curtain duty today, he gestured proudly at the stage around him. Well, what do you think of your performance, Arena? Alfie thought the stage looked amazing. The cutout trees and houses that had filled the art rooms had been positioned carefully in order of size to give the impression of depth. It was perfect. I take your silence as the highest of accolades, announced the butler, aiming a small device at the spotlights and switching them both off with one click. Who helped you do all of this? asked Madeline. Alfie shook his head as he watched Ashford cheerfully straightening chairs and moving suits of armor to stand on each side of the stage like proud sentries. He had shared his plans with the butler, who had promised to be on hand to help. He felt comforted by that promise. Whoever Ashford was, Alfie was glad he was on his side. The day rolled on and all of the teachers and pupils involved in the play began arriving at the castle. The stage had been built in front of the Abernathy room, which had been converted into a dressing room that could be accessed from the wings of the stage. Some of the older kids had claimed half of the room for hair and makeup and were currently busy applying beards, wrinkles, and scars to the boys playing the parts of older men. Alfie noticed Madeline hanging around for an opportunity to steal some hairy rubber warts. Mr. Ramday had gotten the school band set up in the minstrel's gallery. Alfie couldn't believe the noise as the hall filled with a chorus of instruments being tuned and drums and cymbals being bashed and clashed. All around him, the actors were practicing fighting with cardboard swords. Miss Renard had drawn the line at using real swords from the castle. 
After his stage makeup had been applied, Alfie changed into his squire outfit and tucked the purple bottle of potion into the leather belt of his leather pouch of his belt. Most of his role would be performed in the first half of the play. So he had offered to help Gertie Entwistle serve refreshments during the intermission. When Merkel and Sitch came over for a drink, he would be the one to serve them. He had perfected hiding the bottle in the palm of his hand so that he could pour the liquid into their cups unnoticed. Emerging from the narrow passage that led from backstage to the bustling hall, Alfie saw that the headmistresses had arrived. He ducked back behind the curtain, both relieved and terrified to see them. If they were planning on stealing the talisman from him again, they didn't have a chance. He was ready for them. He gritted his teeth as Granny took them a tray of tea and cake. He couldn't wait to show everyone the truth. Seven o'clock drew closer, and Alfie began to feel very nervous. All performers were herded backstage as the hall started to fill up. He kept checking that the purple bottle was still in his pouch as he helped Cormac Feeney to strap on his breastplate. He hoped that by exposing the sisters in a hall full of people, they could be stopped without any real danger. But if they could threaten children and change people's memories, who knew what else they were capable of? A hush fell over the busy dressing room as Miss Renard clapped her hands. Okay, ladies and actresses, the curtain goes up in three minutes. Line up in the order we rehearsed. Those entering from stage left, follow Mrs. Salvador. Stage right, follow me. The room was filled with commotion as everyone rushed to the correct places. Quietly, quietly, hushed Miss Renard, straightening Merlin's hat and rearranging the line. As the cast filed up the stairs to wait silently in the stage wings, Alfie wondered if Oren had ever worn a pointy hat. The muffled voices from the hall suddenly went silent as the school band struck up the opening score. In the darkness of the wings, Alfie could feel the tension of dozens of nervous performers around him. His own heart pounded against his chest. He had been so preoccupied with confronting Merkel and Snitch that he had forgotten to be nervous about acting in front of a hall full of people. At this moment, he wasn't sure which thought scared him the most. The music reached its climax, then faded into the soft violin solo that marked the start of the play. The curtain went up as Mr. Ramhay put on his most impressive voice and began narrating, taking the audience back in time to an England of noble heroes, brave knights, and dastardly foes, of wizardry, superstition, and a land in need of a king. Hearing their cue, the cast filed out onto the stage and began to sing about the mysterious sword and the stone. The first song ended and the singer stepped back to become an audience to the tournament taking place center stage. The knights threw themselves into their roles, performing the graceful fight choreography Mr. Ramday had spent hours teaching them. Alfie squinted to see past the glare of the spotlights into the audience as he watched the tournament with his fellow squires. To the right of the front row, he could just make out the smiling faces of his dad, aunt, uncle, and granny. 
At first, he thought there was an empty chair in the middle of the group, but two glowing green orbs revealed that Galileo had acquired a front row seat of his own. Squire, fetch me a weapon that I may show these lumbering claws the grace to which a real knight yields a sword. Alfie snapped back into character and delivered his one line with a nod. At once, Sir Kay. He did his best to look as if he were searching for a sword as the knights continued sparring. The band began to play softly as he approached the sword and the stone at the side of the stage. The music grew in volume and the audience cheered as he pulled out the sword in slow motion and held it aloft. Alfie heard Ashford play the trumpet fanfare he had been practicing as he was crowned king in the center of the stage. Smoke machines at the sides of the stage spewed out a swirling mist, screening the cast from view. The villagers filed quickly off stage as stagehands rolled away the houses and replaced them with trees and rocks. The knights lined up facing the front of the stage, screened from the audience by the smoke. Cormac took the center spot, and Alfie handed him the crown before hurrying from the stage, just as Mr. Ramtay announced, Scotland, ten years hence. With a roar, the knights charged through the smoke toward the audience, led by the older King Arthur. Reaching the edge of the stage, they turned sharply and began to fight the screaming Saxons charging out from the wings. Thunder effects rumbled over the war cries as flashing stage lights created lightning. Oh, this is brilliant, whispered Jimmy as they stood in the wings behind a large fan that was making the mist swirl around the battlefield. Alfie didn't reply. He could see Merkel and Snitch sitting, smirking in the front row. He knew they wouldn't head to the cellars yet, not while he had the key. He was sure they were going to slip away in the commotion after the play ended, hiding in the castle until everyone else had gone. Well, they wouldn't have the chance. He was ready for them. Back to the dressing room, boys, Mrs. Salvador whispered loudly as she led the Saxon reinforcements into the wings behind them. Hurry, hurry, no hanging about during the performance. As Jimmy opened the dressing room door, Alfie headed for the passage along the side of the stage. Hey, where are you going? Um, just gonna make sure Mrs. Entwistle can find everything she needs. Catch you at the intermission. Alfie slipped through the kitchens to help Gertie set up the refreshments table in the entrance hall. He was ready to take on Merkel and Snitch. At intermission, he clasped the little bottle in the palm of his hand and handed out glasses of juice to the performers in the audience, all the time looking out for the headmistresses. He hoped that they would ask for juice. Otherwise, he'd have to find a way to slip it into the mulled wine Gertie was serving to the adults. Wonderful performances, my little thespians, said Granny, as she swept up to the table with Madeline and Robin. Oh, I didn't realize you were so talented, said his dad as he joined them. You were the best actor up there. Dad, hissed Alfie, checking to make sure none of his school friends had heard. I only said four words. Well, it said them with conviction, said his dad proudly. Have either of you seen Merkel and Snitch? Alfie asked the twins as his dad and Granny headed back to their seats. No, I haven't seen Miss Merkel or Miss Snitch since the intermission started, said Madeline, placing extra emphasis on their titles. Why are you looking for them? 
asked Robin. The twins were still wearing the same slightly glazed and guarded expression Alfie had noticed on their faces whenever he had mentioned the headmistresses since the afternoon in the tunnels. Uh, I just realized that I haven't thanked them for looking after me yet, said Alfie, trying as hard as he possibly could to sound genuine. They're my heroes. He thought he might have overdone it a bit, but the twins' faces immediately broke into smiles. Oh, how nice, said Madeline. Oh, I'm sure they'd appreciate that, said Robin. If we see them, we'll tell them to find you. Oh, no, no, no need, said Alfie quickly. I I've got a gift for them, and I want to be surprised. He didn't like lying to his cousins, but he didn't want Merkel and Snitch to suspect a thing. The audience took their seats, and the band played the opening music to the second act. Alfie gazed despairingly at the potion in his hand. He had missed his chance. The headmistresses would have to return to the great hall before the end of the performance to make a speech, but how could he possibly get them to drink the potion in front of everyone? Well, then it hit him. Maybe they didn't have to drink the potion the usual way. He rushed to the kitchen, opened the stopper, and carefully poured the contents of the purple bottle into two spiral containers he took from the kitchen drawer. When they were full, he tucked them safely into the back of his belt. Hey, uh, shouldn't you be backstage with the others? asked Gertie, rolling a cart full of plastic cups and dirty wine glasses into the kitchen. Uh, just on my way now, said Alfie. He began to follow her out of the kitchen, but something caught his eye. The door to the undercroft was ajar. Merkel and Snitch must be down there already, but why? They didn't have the key. Had they figured out a way to get, of getting through without it? He opened the door and paused at the top of the stairs. This was not what he had planned, but he had to know what they were doing down there. Taking a deep breath, he grabbed his dad's heavy rubber flashlight from the shelf by the door and rushed down the steps.